0: I a little life out here <laughs> what the hell's going on out here it's a lot of fun keep it fun <laughs>
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers Podcast. As usual, I'm your host at StDDNFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And I'm delighted to say I'm not talking to myself. I've got Peter Jones at IT Hedgehog in the studio uh, with me. Peter, it's been a long time. What are you doing, buddy? I mean, I know you're over there trying out for the Packers, but I mean, did you get cut yet? Did you get waved? Injured reserve? What's going on? Oh
0: well it was either it was either that steve or i expected a, before yesterday i expected a call up for the england cricket team at any moment so i've been sitting <laughs> i've been sitting by the phone desperately expecting the phone to ring but i guess ben stokes put put the kibosh on that yesterday so so i'm i'm available steve
1: so i know that that is true and i know ben stokes uh, from what i read online deserves a knighthood but cricket is certainly not something, even though an awful lot of the cricket English team puts their success down to an Irishman, I believe. But that's all I know. That's all, Now, I've read that. Don't, don't blame me. Don't blame me. Owen Morgan. Yeah,
0: you, you can right. be right. Um,
1: so I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, but cricket, great sport. I've always wanted to get into it, but it's the scoring puts me off. And my brother is a fan. And then I say to him, explain the scoring. And he does. And then I fall asleep. And then uh, we that, that's it. So is it easy to get into Peter, this whole cricket thing, is it something that you have to be British or, you know, to... to well, I guess,
0: I guess, I guess it's, a, it's a very typical British, British mm-hmm. game. And my, my wife was complaining earlier today when I switched the TV on and they were still talking about yesterday's match. And they were rerunning it from the very start when it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> right, And she was complaining they sat there for 10 minutes talking about how it rained on day one. Yeah, The weather's all part of it, all part of being. How British is
1: that? Yeah, I suppose like me and you, we and you entered into pre-production with a very lengthy conversation about how it is too hot. So <laughs> that's the thing. That's what we do. That's what we're talking about. It is.
0: It is. And then I think we're expecting some thunderstorms and rain by midweek and then we'll be complaining it's too wet, but hey-ho.
1: But We're going to leave that talk for the weather podcast, um, <laughs> yeah. but we're going to focus on the Packers here. But listen, I want, to, I want to start off this podcast and give you the latest saga of Cardiff. It is available to be booked, all right? You can book it. Um, so it's in Beelzebub's in Cardiff, Church Street. It's meant to be a cracking place. Um, and I'm so happy to be going to Wales. So an awful lot of people have been screaming for us to go and do a meetup in Wales or to do it in that area of Britain, right? That's sort of, you know, where people can come over. So... Um, Really quickly, it was picked because it's equidistant, uh, which is the word of the podcast, in fact, between Swansea and Bristol. So if you're thinking of going, do book tickets, mostly because uh, we have to have a minimum, (laughs) okay? or... Um, it crashes and burns so the thing is is that it's, it's going to be a great venue we have the upstairs and um, the tickets if they sell really well are actually going to be limited because they can only seat a certain number of people Um, so do get your tickets now if the tickets thing if you're from wales and i'm not going to buy a ticket i'm Welsh. that's fine all right just email me and we can search out if you want to put your name down on the guest list to arrive i just need numbers to give to the venue so peter jones with a second name like jones i assume peter that you are also Welsh.
0: Well, my, my father was Welsh, so in this in my household we were brought up supporting Wales in all sports and everything. So, yes. Then. So, do Welsh people
1: a like Cardiff, b like the Packers, and c should they come to this meetup? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> there you go. You heard it from a man whose father is Welsh. So, I mean, you know, you don't need any more indictment than that. But anyway, it, it's going to be great crack. Uh, Manchester is uh, selling like hotcakes. It's going to be a, a really great meetup up there. There's loads of people going, loads of activities. And what I will say about both meetups, uh, Manchester are definitely through the gates, um, is that we're going to be doing... Uh, I'm falling off myself today. We're going to be doing a merchandise raffle. So you can walk away with a signed jersey of a current Packers player um, and maybe some signed photos, maybe a couple of T-shirts thrown in there as well. It's going to be a fantastico. And it's the same with Cardiff. Um, And the thing is, is that if you show out for your area and you come along to the meetup, well, then we're definitely going to do a meetup. That's why we're going back to Manchester because that was one of our biggest meetups two years ago, 150 people. And it was uh, pretty packed last year as well. Um, so again it's it's on track to be amazing this time around And if Cardiff is the same, then we'll keep going back to the same place every year and have a massive hullabaloo and you show up on the night, uh, you go in, have the bands with fellow cheese heads, you could walk away for something for your fan cave. I mean, lads, it's worth the price of entry. The thing is it's a fiver. Um hopefully we have finger food put on the kitchen. Usually isn't an open and be of a Sunday. He might be putting on the chef, but again, that's dependent on numbers. So just make sure that you snap up a ticket. If buying tickets aren't your thing for some reason, it's Fine, it's just for the welcome drink. Uh, do let me know that you're gonna arrive so that I can give the venue reliable numbers and I put your name down on the guest list. So, they're less said about that. And let's hope, Peter, let's hope that the Cardiff meetup isn't as sparsely populated as the game was in Winnipeg. I mean, <laughs> what's going on, pal?
0: Uh, I, guess, I guess, I guess, they were forewarned that they'd be playing on a kid sized field, still, <laughs> by, the sounds, yeah. by the sounds of things. It was, um, yeah, very, very strange game, very strange atmosphere, probably almost the less said about it, the better, I think.
1: Yeah, I think we should endeavor to talk less about Winnipeg in this podcast than any podcast that's ever been released about the Packers. It was shocking. The thing that kind of shocks me was, and again, it reached the headlines for all the wrong reasons. And I don't know why, as Packers fans, we find ourselves in this position where, you know, we've the fail Mary and replacement refs. We've Clay Matthews not being able to sack somebody, even though they're legitimate sacks, because he accidentally falls and farts on a quarterback. So here we are again in the news. Oh, it's a disgrace. And as well as that, John Gruden. Decides to come out and say it wasn't my problem. It's the Packers. You better ask them. Uh, even though there was a big divot taken out of the field, it was a it was a tragedy really, and it was it's bad showing um, in the sense that they couldn't do their uh, due diligence before and make sure that the pitch was actually playable, um, and that falls on the NFL. And you can't blame, um, you know, Goody and the top brass to not want to put, yeah. put their players at risk, right?
0: Yeah, and I think if I think, you know, under normal circumstances, particularly in the regular season, you know, you could imagine it not being an issue to the Raiders because they wouldn't normally see the end zone.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? We're going to put that on the soundbite. We're going to add the Raiders and John Gruden and hope he hears it. But yeah, uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a caustic character. Have you watched any of the Hard Knocks with uh, yes, Raiders on? Yeah. It's still fascinating though. I hear, how do you stand on this? If they brought Hard Knocks to Green Bay, any time that's raised online, people are massively against it. Are you in that camp or would you like to see behind
0: the scenes? No, I'd like. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see, it. and uh, yeah, and you know, we all have to understand to a degree. You only get to see a very small portion of it, but I think I think it would be I think it would be interesting.
1: So it would be I. good. So do I. I don't understand that people are like, no way, because you're going to give away yada yada. I'd like to see how it works, to see the human aspect, to see the coaches more in depth, because. Usually, you only see the position coaches when they get up on the podium. Uh, they're chatting away. You don't get to hear a lot. If it's Winston Moss, like back in the day, you don't hear anything <laughs> at all, um, which is the head coach in the XFL now, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it'd be great insight to see the characters of the players and, and everything else. Do you know what's great, though, is that now with the Raiders, because we're going over to, to Green Bay to watch uh, the Packers take on the Raiders at Lambeau. So it's, it's good to be able to put a personality to some of the lesser-known players that you wouldn't really pay attention to. So I like that side of it as well. But look, what we've come together here. There's a brain trust, which is why I, I would not be able to tackle this on my own. We're going to try to predict the 53-man roster. And that's why you're here, Peter. So I think from uh, number one to number 53, I think you should just rattle off what you have. We call it a day.
0: <laughs> well, I was assuming that we were doing this because you were going to call Gooty on Saturday morning <laughs> and tell him what the 53 should be.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I was going just I need to get your intake um, and just to see what we actually send off this email with. Do you know what, Peter? I have 54 players on my 53-man roster. Is that okay?
0: Yeah, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I think Shh, you, can sneak, you can sneak that sneak that through.
1: Yeah, that's the you thing, be, yeah.
0: I think you'll be all right. Nobody will notice.
1: No, we just put sort of a dodgy moustache in one of the players or just put him in like a trainer's <laughs> uniform or give him sort of the water boy's uniform and see if we can send him out there and be fine. This is tricky. Do you know what, uh, Peter? It's tricky for a number of reasons. Um, number one, well, do you know what? And again, I give out about mock drafts. This is like this this area this time of the year's mock draft to a degree not as unpredictable where like one thing just balls us up your whole thing but we really don't know when it comes to cut down day who's going to be cut and who's going to be brought onto the team but am i right in saying and certainly for me anyway a caveat to my choices and i uh, they're, they're not in any way set and I you will say something and i'll just tear up mine throw it in the bin like paper toss and say i agree because i'm still not set on it uh, but the thing is is that we likely have no idea and we're not capable of getting the 53 because on cut down day with the people that are bounced on and off of IOR, also they will sign different people to the roster who've got cut from different teams, right? So there's no way we can actually, we're kind of picking our 53 based on the personnel that we have now, but it doesn't mean that that's going to be accurate because there will be people that we don't know anything about that will be brought onto the team at that stage. Do you feel the same?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's exactly right. And I think that that when you look at the bottom end of the roster, if you like. You you just don't know how the Packers or any team for that matter are looking at those players right now. Mm. Um, and, and then like you say, I think the whole injured reserve thing's interesting because the Packers have got a number of players who are carrying reasonably short term injuries, you know, two to six weeks. Now, you know, the question is do they carry those guys on the fifty three for those through that six week period, for example? Or do they try and get those guys to, to injured reserve and bring them back later in the season? And of course, to do that, they have to make the 53, then be placed on injured reserve, and the Packers will really look to bring in another guy in to replace them. Yeah. So so those are quite difficult. And I think there's four or five key players probably in that situation that we'll um, get to as we go through.
1: Yeah, because pre-production, you you had a great strategy and a really good insight on that vain and I never really thought about it the, the your creative way of doing it so I think the listeners are going to want to stick around to see exactly how that uh, curtails but there are some there are some definite locks on the team there's a guy a a Ron Rodgers I think he might make the team right um at least for week one until he you know scares the bejesus out of us by making a run somewhere and we hold our breath to see what's going to happen and on that vein, right, if Aaron Rodgers gets injured, I think our season goes down to Swanee, which is why I'm gonna break straight into this fifty-three man <laughs> roster with some positivity and say at quarterback, I'm only going with two and I'm dropping off to Sean Kaiser. I think his time has run out, and I think we go A Rod and Tim Boyle. Do you subscribe to that, Peter? Um Awkward silence of a no. Oh I think, no. no, I know. Th- I I I
0: I um I, I think there's a fifty-fifty chance that they go with two, or a fifty-fifty chance they go with they mm. go with three. And if that's not sitting on the fence, I don't know. I don't know what is.
1: Well, what do um, what do you have written down? What do you, what do you think in your heart to go? And do you do you see a difference between Kaiser and Boyle, or do you want them to keep all three in the event that A Rod does go down?
0: So, so I, I think you're right. If 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 Rogers goes down for any length of time, then the season's probably done. Mm. But I think you have to look at say you had another concussion and was out for three weeks in the middle of the season, you know, so say from, you know, from week nine to week 11, he misses, th- he misses three games. Yeah. Could one of the other two quarterbacks on the roster come in and manage and manage the offense for two or three games and win 50% of those games? Which would be a fantastic feat if it was 50% of three games. But, but you know, could could he come in and win half those games, you know, in the hope that you know, you hope that perhaps by that stage of the season the defense is strong, and 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 you know, can they come in and not make the crucial mistakes so you can eke out you know a 13-9 victory here and a mm. and a 17-14 victory there that just keeps the season rolling until until Rogers comes back. So I think I think that is a scenario that you have to consider.
1: Pulling a mathlin, um, if you will, I mean, are we yes, coining that
0: first? Yes, exact, exactly that. You know, there's a there's a number of those guys that you would kind of hope that would come in and and could lead you for for 3 or 4 weeks but you wouldn't you wouldn't want that guy to be your your number one guy. Yeah. Um but looking at our quarterbacks I you know I don't think there's a lot to choose between Kaiser and Boyle there's pluses and minuses you know Boyle certainly has looked better in the preseason certainly last week than 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 Kaiser what does Kaiser give you over Boyle the fact that he's played. Mm. <laughs> now some would say actually that's downside but the fact that he's got that playing experience the guy started more than 20 games in the in the NFL or 16 games or whatever it is in the in the NFL plus plus preseason and, and what have you as opposed to Boyle who's got no playing experience in regular season so so there's pluses and minuses for for both of them my suspicion is they'll keep all three yeah um but I'm not you know i I am on the fe- I am on the fence on that, and it is quite possible that if the- if they just keep two, that it could well be Boyle rather than Kaiser. But
1: you see, I can see a number of scenarios. It's a very complex issue. Now I've read so many articles where people are saying that it's cut and dry, right? And I really do hope later on in this segment that me and you can disagree aggressively and then fall out and then have to try pick up the pieces after the call. I really hope that happens. I don't think we're gonna disagree, <laughs> disagree on this one. I hope we. Use expletives, uh, Peter, if I may. <laughs> um, no, but in all honesty, I, I think this is complex in the sense that, so my rationale was, and this is where it doesn't make sense to to a large degree or might make sense. I was thinking Aaron Rodgers, uh, I, I can see them keeping all three for the sense that they kind of don't want to give up on the trade for Kaiser and everything else that went in, even though it was only getting sort of Demarius Randall, who was unhappy there anyway, out of the locker room, which is kind of uh, Goody's sort of modus operandi now when it comes to... You know locker room disruption, so I don't think they're too invested in that. But what I would say is is that the upside and where Kaiser was drafted would make him the natural on paper choice over Boyle. But then, if they keep two and then A Rod goes down and they have one, I think they bring in a veteran presence. But what goes against that is this offense and that you need to know the offense. Whereas you'd probably you might sort of choose to have Kaiser and Boyle over Boyle or slash Kaiser plus. Some veteran that you bring in who's not really familiar, but then, like Goody says, football is football. At the end of the day, you just have to make your throws. They'll dumb down the offense, or if the you know if that sort of read option stuff um is going on, do they more lean heavily on the run if a veteran comes in? You know, it's not as cut and dry. I don't think as as it, you would lead to. I, 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 yeah, I don't.
0: I don't think it's cut and dried at yeah. all. And I, and I, I I've been, I went back and looked at the last few years of how many players the Packers kept at each position. Mm. And so if you look at quarterback over the last eight seasons on roster cutdown day, four times they've kept two, four times they've kept three. So there's no, so there's no indicator (laughs) there as to what they're likely to do. The Uh. one thing, the one question that keeps coming back to me about Gooty is we've seen him cut a lot of Ted's guys, guys that Ted drafted and what have you. We've seen him, cut those or 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 trade them like randall and what have you Mm. what we haven't seen yet is him move on one of his own guys and give up on one of the guys that he that he drafted or that he traded for yeah um and that's quite a difficult thing i think for any of us to do is to is to almost put your ego to one side and say that guy that i traded for or that guy that i drafted isn't isn't going to make it doesn't fit the team um you know, and I've got to almost eat my words and say, "Let's move on." That's a really difficult thing for a guy to do. It's a thing that Ron Wolf was superb at. Probably Ron Wolf's greatest strength was you don't compound one mistake by making another. Yeah. Um, but we have no evidence yet that that Goodie's in that position, and that makes my gut say I think he's going to keep all three.
1: Yeah, uh, you may you may be right. You see, the thing is, my problem is as well is that I've two QBs because my 53 man roster is yep. already 54.
0: So it's just <laughs> I find it very difficult to so, so 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 why don't we consensus say it's two because I'm on the I'm on, I'm on the fence. Let's let's say it's two. Let's say it's Rogers and Boyle. Mm. And move on beyond that and if we come back and we've only got 52 players then Kaiser's probably back into the roster because it is going to come down literally comes down to you know Have we got to 52? Have we got to 53? Have we got to 54? Those those last four or five choices are literally, you know, you're almost putting together a minimum number of players at each position and then deciding where the extra ones are going.
1: Well, that's it. And you see, the thing is, if we were actually the GMs, this would be a super awkward podcast and conversation because we'd put this out and then we'd have to bring Kaiser <laughs> in and say, do you know what, like, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll bring you back in because we sort of made space, so, you know, we, we we fell short. We were kind of the consolation pick. It's like the person that gets, and I'm putting this in air quotes, picked last in PE or soccer. You didn't get picked last. You just kind of, like Clay Matthews, you had no choice. You just ended up on right. the Rams. but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to, you know, you have, to, you're absolutely right, but you have to literally know that's what's going to be happening in 1265. Come Friday, once the, once the, you know, the last preseason games all, all over and done with on Thursday, mm-hmm. on Friday it's going to be a day of that. Get exactly your, that.
1: Get your playbook ready. Right yeah. so again people listening they're like holy god they've spent 10 minutes talking about quarterbacks when yep. they think this is the thing. So there are some positions that are just locked in. Uh but the next one probably isn't one of them. Uh running back and fullback. Do you want to throw your names and numbers at me for this one?
0: So I think the full, I think the fullback is I think they keep one and it's 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 our man Danny Vitale. Yep. Um and and I think that's pretty much a, a given and I, and I don't I don't see any hope for the other guys that are knocking around there. Um, and then at, at running back, so I think there's two definites, mm-hmm. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Yep. I, think, I think they'll keep a third. It's probably Dexter Williams, but I don't rule out, and I know that I'm in a minority on this, but I don't rule out Trey Carson making it.
1: Well, i tell you what, Peter, I have Trey Carson down and I have Dexter Williams not making it because a question came up in the presser. Um, where LaFleur said that uh, Trey Carson is ahead of Williams and that he values his blocking and he's got it figured out. But here's my theory, is that they would keep Trey Carson, but then he'd swiftly be dropped for a veteran that they be able to pick up after cut down there.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite possible. And uh, and again, the, the question with Dexter Williams is whether Goody's prepared to hold his hands up and say, I'm going to let go of a guy that I just drafted, mm. you know, four months ago. Um, and I, again, I just... I, I just I just don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, what do you think the power dynamic is there, right? Because we've had, so there's that side of it um, and then there's the, you know, the fact that LeFleur wants to run his team the way he does. Like, how do you think that's going to mesh? I, I'd love to be a fly in the wall if he comes up and says, I like Trey Carson and then he says, I like Dexter Williams. I mean, who wins that sort of I mean, did they go to Mark Murphy <laughs> with this new well, power I think, structure and say, I, I, "Mark"?
0: I think, I, I, think, go- I think, <laughs> think, I think Guti wins that. I do. You know, yeah. I think that. I think particularly when it's how can we put this bottom of the roster guys. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you're talking from guys 45 to 53, I think I, I think that's, I, I think Goody probably wins that. Um, it's an interesting question. They keep
1: Dexter Williams, then you think, right? So if they keep him on, do you think that he's he remains on? Then it's not a case that if someone tasty comes up who gets cut down in a bit of a shock cut that he gets replaced. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think that's possible, but I I, I I suspect that I suspect that Dexter Dexter Williams dies, Carson gets cut, but it would it would not surprise me the other, the other way round. I mean, most of the the you know the Twitterati and what have you. <laughs> 99% of the Twitterati would 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 tell me I'm talking nonsense, that it's absolutely Williams. I'm not a set on that, mm. um, but I think it probably is.
1: Well, there we go. there's the first disagreement, lads, of the podcast. This is where me and Peter's relationship starts to so just denigrate and break down. Um, and as we head <laughs> further into this roster, it's going to get more frosty and icy. Uh, wide <laughs> wide receiver. So I have, well, right, I, I better go first. I should have picked the running back first because this is the one that I'm dice on. I have seven um Devonte adams surprise surprise mvs gmo jay kumaro trevor davis and then esb but he's, he's swiftly stuck on ior and then it's a then it's a throw up then between shepherd and lazard and it doesn't matter who i pick here it's sophie's choice um so the comparisons that i've seen online is the fact that shepherd is a is a slot guy he's a different body type to the likes of gmo and mvs um and that Lazard is kind of a carbon copy of GMO, which is what I've seen, which I don't agree with. I think he's kind of he's a he's a real threat. I've seen him make in, in preseason for what you can sort of take from that, some real athletic and gymnastic style catches. Um he's sure hands, he's a great presence. So I would go for Lazard in this instance. Um and Shepard. I, I think Shepherd's probably too good and has been on the radar a little bit too much to not make a true waivers as well. Um I don't know. That's where I stand on that. Would so, you? So,
0: so, so, so we agree on six of the seven. Oh no. Um, so, so, so I absolutely, you know, Adams, MVS, Geronimo, Allison, Jake, Kumaro, Trevor Davis.
1: Mm.
0: Equinium is St. Brown. Same thinking as you. So clearly, he's going to be out for. Six to eight weeks, we don't exactly know. Um, yeah. it, it looks like his his ankle, from the from reports I've seen, isn't broken. So it's likely that he'll be able to go in about six to eight weeks. So I think he makes the roster hmm. and then is placed on injured reserve immediately after that so that he can be recalled later in the season
1: which is an important thing that people need to know right so he has to make yep. the roster and so, yep. so someone else has to effectively be caught or put on waivers and then he's instantly put yep. on ir and someone can come back on
0: yeah so a player that's placed on ir prior to the 53 man cut down can't come back this season so hmm. um so i think those six the same and then and then i'm leaning towards shepherd rather than lazard so i've also gone for seven yeah. For the you know, so because I think EQ will end up on, on IR. Um so I'm le- I'm leaning towards Shepherd rather than Lazard because I believe that I think mean, you just talked about I think that 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 Shepard looks like an out and out slot guy. Hmm. Um most of the Packers receivers are big, more than six foot, six foot two, six foot three, six foot four guys. Um Shepard's that and he's not small at five Ten and a half, or whatever he is, five eleven, but he's that smaller slot guy. And I, and I, I think you're right. I don't think he 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 could sneak through waivers. I think somebody would pick him up. And I've got a sneaking suspicion if they keep seven, that he's the seventh guy.
1: You see, and what what sort of um, made me go against them as well was is is a number of things. That, and again, it's a pondering. It's not as I say to people, I'm a little Irishman. What do I know? And um, but the thing about Shepard to me was is that Aaron Rodgers picked him out. First off, he picked out Lazard. Now, for what Aaron Rodgers' opinion is actually worth to Goody and to LeFleur, right? But, you know, and again, we did see that it's about his trust as well. But he said that Lazard is kind of like, you know, this diamond in the rough guy and that Shepard needs to be more consistent. So to me, I feel that maybe Shepard isn't showing as much as they need him to, even though he has flashed absolute brilliance. Um, in camp and also in the preseason game so it's not a knock on him but just I'm reading body language here he flicked his hair in a certain way but just the way he he spoke as shepherd I kind of gave Lazard the edge and I'm and like what you say as well Rod. I don't know if the Packers with their long rangy wide receivers now is that Goody's prototypical wide receiver that he wants and that that makes shepherd the odd man out or is shepherd in because he's the opposite of what we have like what you're saying that's what i just uh, don't know
0: uh, yeah so, so yeah no, and it's a good question i mean my gut is that he's in because he's the opposite the other thing he he gives you although you you know we're both keeping trevor davis the other thing that that shepherd gives you is is the ability to to be a return man as well yeah and and, and given davis's propensity to be injured yeah um um, I just think that Shepherd gives you that that extra thing as well.
1: Yeah, and that's an excellent point. And I guess it's why I laboured over leaving him out as well. But then there was times, I, and I definitely had him graded down, is that sometimes when I saw him on the return, whether something actually wasn't on, but sometimes I found him slightly aimless. So although they were happy to use him in that position, I felt that he was used there because Davis wasn't in. As opposed to using them because they're like let's alternate the two. But again, I can't say that for sure because the both of them weren't healthy at the time. Um. Yeah. Again, Peter, I just feel like we we need counseling at this stage. I think where we're going with this is we're in trouble. You know, we're, we're in real trouble. There, offensive line. Um.
0: Who have you got? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And the only thing, just to finish on the wide receivers, is 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 we're both discounting Jamon Moore, which yeah, which which you know looks looks pretty obvious in terms of what we've seen him do over last season and this preseason and whatever else mm. the only caveat we can put on that and i think it's the only caveat is is we do not know what the team is thinking you know what good he's thinking um because it's the same thing again about him giving up on one of his own draft picks um but but up but up but i think you know if i was if i was picking it and my gut feel is is that he's the mat he's he's out but you know, we'll see.
1: And that's a it's a good point, Peter. Actually, because I wouldn't be surprised if he made it either in place of yeah. Lazard or Trevor Davis or someone surprising. Yeah. You know, um, because it seems like the upside to him and the potential is sky high, but he just hasn't been able to put it together. And um, even though at times we have had reports from camp that he's doing. You know, he he catches some great passes, but it's a bad sign when someone reaches the news because they caught a ball when that's their job, you know, which is a problem with him. So offensive line, I've got some interesting theories on this as well. Who are you going on the O-line?
0: So Bakhtiari, yep. Lindsley, mm-hmm. Turner, Balaga, Elton Jenkins. F- those are the five locks that I've got. Five absolute locks. Mm. Um. Almost certain, in my mind, Alex Light as the, as the number one backup tackle.
1: Yeah.
0: Lucas Patrick, guard, center, tackle. I suspect Justin McRae.
1: Yeah, he's kind of a utility, isn't he, really? He can yep. slot him in anywhere, so I think he's valuable.
0: Yep. And I have a question mark. So, so, the, so, the, so the starter that I've left out of that list, who I think will make it, is Lane Taylor. Hmm. My question mark over Lane Taylor is is the salary number and his long and his long term future in Green Bay, and it just depends on how the team is thinking. If they think he is the starter mm-hmm. at left guard, then he makes the roster no obviously makes the roster no question at all. Yeah. The question for me is if they see Elton Jenkins as the day one starter is whether you keep Lane Taylor around as a high price backup, which on the face of it seems the obvious thing to do. Yeah. But but I've seen many teams over many years simply go down the line of I'm moving on. I don't want to get cut one of the other guys,
1: mm.
0: you know, the ninth guy or a tenth guy to keep to keep a Lane Taylor type around. So I so cut long story short, I think Lane Taylor makes it but it would not shock me at all if if he was the surprise cut to 53 you know su- surprise cut yeah. there's usually one, there's usually one and it wouldn't surprise me at all if it were Lane Taylor
1: and so where do you stand on Cole Madison then
0: I don't think he makes it um i think i think his shot at making it is if Lane Taylor's cut yeah that's exact um,
1: that's exactly the scenario. That was one of my scenarios that I had. I think he makes it if Lane Taylor goes. Yeah. I think if Elton Jenkins and Lane Taylor are too close to call and they don't know who the starter is, then Lane Taylor's gone. But I think if they want to put Lane Taylor in there, they leave Elton Jenkins. Um I'd say he probably sees playing time. Um but yeah, I've kind of question marks over Cole Madison as well. But it's like you say I don't know whether there's just more weight in the media because he was away uh, to look after his mental health and then he yeah. comes back. And I, what did I read today that he, it's rustiness with him, but I don't know if he gets through on rustiness or whether it's technique. I know that during the preseason, there was a few penalties there.
0: Yeah, well, I think it, I think it, I think it simply comes down to, you know, I, I think there's an obvious five that they keep, which are the four starters from last year minus Lane Taylor, plus Elton Jenkins, the guy they drafted. So, so there's an obvious five that they keep. And then you look at the backups and you say, Alex Light has to make it because he's the number one backup tackle. Yeah. Lucas Patrick almost definitely has to make it because he can play center and guard. And you've got to have a guy that can play you know, at least passable at center. Yeah. Justin, Justin McRae is probably the, the other borderline one, but I think he makes it because, again, he can play guard, center, tackle. Um it may literally come down to a decision between Lane Taylor as a backup or Cole Madison as a backup. Yeah. You know, and 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 very often in that position, you're not always thinking about who's my best player today. Mm. You know, and I know everybody says, well, you win now and whatever else. I get that. But at some point, you have to say, actually, is the, is the gap between the two of them so great that it's obvious that I keep one? Or are there a number of factors, salary cap, the future, et cetera, et cetera, that say, actually this guy's potential takes me beyond what Lane Taylor will give me. And, and I don't know. Yeah. And like that, I mean, even if
1: the potential gives you somewhat of the production that you need, like the the bottom line is they're, they're not going to have to play uh, the likes of Cole Madison, Alex Light, uh, Lucas Patrick straight away. So, I mean, they okay. can have those guys sit there. They're going to be utility players. They're going to throw in. Um if they are happy enough with Elton Jenkins uh, well then Lane Taylor is gone straight away. The, we have a history of doing that anyway, right? On the O-line. We're not scared to make that yep. um make that punt. And as well as that, Lucas Patrick got an honourable mention from Aaron Rodgers when he talks about guys really making a step up and who he's confident with in front of him. Um so again, yeah. Uh, so how many do you have on the O line then? That's what's that so, eight?
0: So I've got I've got nine. So nine. if you include Lane Lane Taylor, so I've got last year's so I've got Bactiari, Taylor, Lindsley, Turner, Balaga. Light, Jenkins, Patrick, and McCray.
1: Is there any chance that they move Lane Taylor on more creatively to another team?
0: It's possible. I mean, again, you know, you see the Twitter Twitterati speak about this, and oh, we could get this pick for him and that pick for him. It's not always as straightforward as that, is it? It's it's mm. another another team has to be prepared to to pay that price. You know, even if it's a a sixth or seventh pick or a swap for another player. Yeah which is which is not out of the question so that's uh, probably a, a trade straight trade for another player is probably more likely than a trade for draft picks i would imagine um you know and that would be a case of you know there's a team probably with perhaps an outside linebacker an, an inside linebacker mm-hmm. um who's maybe the third inside linebacker on somebody's roster You think, yeah, you you know, we could pick up a guy that would, would improve our depth there. So I think that's I think that's possible. And I think that's probably more possible than trying to get, you know, sixth or fifth round draft pick for Lane Taylor, because I don't think you get it.
1: Yeah, because I, I have here Lane Taylor cut or traded, question mark, and it's yeah. it's that sort of, you know, between him and Elton Jenkins and how close they are. It's really unknown, but I wouldn't put it past them. Now, there's been criticism of the Packers in the sense that when we have players that could potentially have trade value, we haven't been able to get it. The most recent one being Josh Jones, which is a probably a topic for a whole other podcast. But yeah, I think it's a definitely definitely watch this space and this is the thing like all of these they're pretty contentious and I know i've sort of joked about that we've disagreed but that just goes to show like there's so many different opinions that you can have as to who makes it but one of them that seems well to me seemed nailed on until we talked about it and pre-prod was tight end with jimmy graham mercedes lewis robert tonyan and jay sternberger um so i'm going with all four but you have this super creative thing that i think people need to hear <laughs> uh, when well, it comes to tight ends
0: so, so, so my view is i think they want to keep four mm. um ab- ab- absolutely um i guess my question about it or my thinking my thinking around this is 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 they want to keep four and because of the the injury situation with sternberger who's who's only recently come through the concussion protocol i believe and is now you know practicing and, and what have you. you you have got to assume that sternberger's not going to contribute greatly in the offense for a few weeks. Mm. You know, maybe he'll get up to speed quickly, but you know, you have to imagine it's going to be three or four weeks before he can um, contribute greatly. That means that I don't see them going into the season with just two other tight ends, Graham and Tonyan, potentially. So I think that means that Lewis makes the team. However, I think because of the situation we've already touched on with the injuries, and particularly somebody like Equinemius St Brown. So St Brown needs to make the roster before you can place him on on the injured reserve list. Mm. There'll be players further down the roster that they need to sneak through, that they'll cut on the on the cut down to fifty through, and need to sneak through waivers and bring them back. And I think Mercedes Lewis is just such a player. Yeah,
1: um, he's a big so, name. He's a big name. Do you think he'd make it?
0: through? Yeah. Well. I, I just, I've got this, I've got this suspicion that yes, yes, at this stage, he would. Um, you know, there wasn't, after after his 2018 season, um, there was no great, you know, wanting or seemingly no great wanting for another team to come and give him big money and free agency and um, and what have you. He's, he's right towards the end of his career. And I, and I, and I suspect that I suspect that that's the type of player that you could sneak through um, waivers because it also would assume that there's another team that's suddenly short of tight ends on their cut down to 53 that they'd have to cut one of their guys to bring him in. And I just don't I just don't see that happening. You know, he's a I don't, I don't know how many year veteran on a on a reasonable um, contract Um I just think he's the type of player that you, that that could easily get cut on the cut down to fifty three, and then before the Saturday is over or, or the following day, EQ gets placed on injured reserve and and Lewis comes back.
1: This would be one of the most stunning predictions. It's so uh, it's so <laughs> ingenious. Uh, I really hope someone from the Packers is listening to this. Um, and if it comes true, I think it's just um points, uh, cups of coffee on me for the rest <laughs> of the year. Let's place down the bets. Um. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in the same. I think they'll go through with, with four. If they do it that inventive way, Peter, you are um a savant. So I think we should move on to defense, because this is the there's some pretty hairy stuff in here as well. I found on offense yep. for me it was like we had an abundance of players that were capable, whereas on defense it's the opposite, right? In the sense that you're looking at some players going, I don't think it's particularly ready to take a starting role, but it might might go that way. Um so let let's hit it with a defensive line. Uh big name obviously gone this year. Uh, So how many players and who fills your D-line?
0: On a numbers game, I think they keep five.
1: Mm.
0: I think those are Kenny Clark, um, Dean Lowry, Montrevious Adams, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Kingsley Kiki. And then (laughs) any one of Tyler Lancaster, Fidel Brown or James Looney, probably Tyler Lancaster if I had to pick one of of those three.
1: That's who I have done as well. I I'm was super impressed. Well, Kenny Clark, obviously, the, the lock, Montrevious Adams, uh, he's been in the news an awful lot lately with Petton coming out and saying that, you know, he was the one who was taking it in his mind was just like, you know, get him away from me. Um, and he makes a big step up and, and really takes responsibility for it after, you know, a good showing at the end of last season. Kingsley Kiki has been very lively to me in preseason. Again, yep. preseason, big disclaimer. Uh, Dean Lowry. Again, I'm, I'm not so high on Dean Larry, but uh, yeah, definitely makes the squad. Um, Dean Larry and Jason Spriggs, in my mind, will always be associated with each other, even though they played <laughs> separate ends of the ball. And that, that says a lot. Um, so Tyler Lancaster um, as well, like you say. I, I really liked what I saw. I thought uh, James Looney was really lively in, in pre-season as well. Um, so for me, it'd be between Lancaster and Looney, but Lancaster seems to have got more of the um, mentions, probably more of the playing time. And I think he's probably in there. Maybe his potential is seen as as the highest, uh, for me anyway. So I I'd agree yep. there. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, again, looking at the guys who missed out, uh, apart from James Looney, I guess uh, there wouldn't really be, uh, too much of a loss, too many surprises there. I feel the ne- the next one's a bit dodge outside linebacker.
0: Yeah. Who you got? So this is where it gets. So 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 I think there's three obvious ones yeah which i think we'll all pack up and go home if one of these three doesn't make it so (laughs) so z -Z smith preston smith and Rashan gary are the the three obvious ones um and then i i think there's a straight competition between kyla fackrell and reggie gilbert Uh, um it depends on whether they keep four or five i think on a numbers game, they keep four, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Um, I'm I'm not sold on Kyler Fackrell, but I think that he makes it. So I think it's I think it's the two Smiths. I think it's Rashan and Gary, and I think it's Kyler Fackrell.
1: Yeah, you see, I had five here. I had them going with Reggie Gilbert, yep. but I yep. I completely get what you're saying about Kyler Fackrell. I do think that last year was kind of this freak year. I guess we saw that with Nick Perry, right? you know, when he was um, doing his thing and then gets a massive contract then between injuries falls into oblivion. So like I see that with Kyler Fackrell also as well is that I almost feel like he was surprised. All the reports from camp was, like I remember the the camp and the preseason, uh, leading into last year, it was like, oh here, at least he won a rep on the one-on-ones yeah. and it was surprising to see and everybody kind of, you know, had that sigh of relief and then he made the squad and then people questioned him and said that he was a bust and then he has that, sort of can you call it a breakout year so i i think the jury's still out on him whether there's all this talk of like how he fits into Pettin's system or whether it was it was just the fact that no one really cared to, to cover him all that much because it was kyler fackrell and he hadn't put a lot on tape um i don't know and that's why i kind of had that uncertainty that they need an insurance policy there with reggie gilbert
0: yeah and and the other thing that that would sway the thinking towards five, and, and I ended up with four purely on a numbers game because I yeah. couldn't fit a fifth one in my fifth in my fifty-three. <laughs> as I said, on the fifty-four, <laughs> I, unless I sneak the fifty-four. <laughs> yeah, um, was the fact that they're likely to line up. Um, so Darius Smith certainly and Rashan Gary all over the place. Yeah, you know, so, so, so those guys will rush from the inside probably almost as much as they rush from the outside. So it's it's quite possible that that. That there's a fifth one kept there, and if and if and if there is, it, it you know it will be it will be Reggie Gilbert. Mm. Um, the interesting, the other interesting one is the guy that's on physically unable to perform list, Greg Roberts. Yeah. Um, now they, they they paid him quite a high guarantee in his um, so quite a small small signing bonus, but part of his big salary is guaranteed. Um, and, and for an undrafted free agent, it was it was quite a high number. That makes you think that they're high on him yeah and given that he's on the physically unable to perform list you have to expect that they'll keep him there yeah um so he can be activated after i think it's week seven um so that gives them the opportunity to kind of stash that extra player Mm. on, on on that on that list and and see where they go by about week seven at that position
1: yeah and and again to to another position inside linebacker where we're dreadfully weak and again this is one that i kind of Agonized over more so because uh, Curtis Bolton is on IR. Um so I had them Blake Martinez, um, Oran Burks. So that's the thing, like I mean, what what is the status on Burks um with the injury and... so, so
0: that's the interesting thing, and I and I I hadn't heard that they'd placed Bolton actually on IR yet.
1: Yeah. It's just the um, fact that he was in a walking boot or crutches, wasn't he? So I'm just well, assuming that he's ill well, because of that, because he's on the bubble.
0: Yeah, the, the 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 latest was that he was off out of his crutches or off his walking boot or out of his walking boot and off his crutches, whichever way around that mm. that that is. Yeah. Um, and and wasn't officially hadn't yet officially been placed on 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 IR. Um, so I think. So I think this is a really difficult position because, like you say, you've got this this pectorial muscle injury with with Burks mm. that you know looked like it could be season-ending, and then the reports were it's two to three weeks or three yeah. to four weeks, and you're like, I'm not sure what's going on here. Mm. Um, I think the fact that they haven't yet placed him on on placed Burks on injured reserve says to you that they think there's a there's a chance that he's playing this year. Yeah. And and so if it's a two to three week injury, so say he was out the first couple of regular season games or three regular season games, that's a guy that you could stash on the 53, yeah. you know, seven of them aren't active on game day anyway. Mm. So you, so you you could hide one or two injured injured players there. If it's a six to seven week injury, then I think he makes the 53 and then, and then like, like EQ, he, he ends up on, on, on injured reserve. As well, and the same situation with 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 Curtis Bolton. If if it's if it's season ending or it's a t- ten or twelve game, then he's going on IR before the cut down to fifty three. Mm. If if it's less than that, say it's a six week injury, I think Bolton makes the roster and, and there's another one that probably ends up on IR.
1: And who else then? Because I I had uh, Martinez, Burks, Summers, and then Crawford solely because I yep. thought Bolton. But that's the thing. I mean, are you going Bolton over Crawford then?
0: So, so I had Bolton as the number three mm. inside inside linebacker. Um, then Summers, then Crawford. Um, I only think four of them make it. Yeah. But I think it's quite possible again that w- one of one of the four, books or Bolton, possibly both, but but one of them ends up on IR immediately after the cut down. Yeah. And. Crawford's a guy that they try and sneak through waivers and bring him back.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things that like, I'm writing it down and I'm so unconvinced. After, I get to, after the name Blake Martinez, <laughs> I'm kind of like, uh, what am I even doing here? Um,
0: I mean, it's not, it's not a position of strength, let's, let's, not, let's face yeah. it. It's probably, as, as you look at the roster, it's probably the position of, of, of least strength, if that's um, the correct English. The, the, the only thing I'll say about inside linebacker in this day and age um, you know, there were lots of situations last season where the Packers came out with six DBs and one inside, one, in, uh, you know, one inside linebacker. Quite, you know, I think about half of the games they started in that in that positional setup. So the need to have two of them that can play 95% of the plays is, you know, it's it's not, it's really not needed in today's NFL. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not as concerned about inside linebacker as some people seem to be.
1: Mm. Your dog obviously disagrees. I mean, he's <laughs> you know he doesn't like pet insistent. and prob- and,
0: <laughs> and probably knows better than me.
1: Well, better than both of us. I mean, at least we have some sort of saying, uh, you know, being on the on the podcast. No, yeah, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, are they are they papering over a massive deficiency with Pet and Scheme? Is his scheme? set up like that you know irrespective of who we have at inside linebacker do are we being silly in the sense that we're not even mentioning that they bring somebody in late um you know some veteran onto the team and do away with um you know some of the you know least experienced guys uh do they you know does goody not value the position does he think that he's going to dip into next year's draft that he likes the class already i mean
0: yeah I mean, I think you know I think it's possible at any position that that you, that you bring in a veteran late on, but we have to be realistic. no other team's getting rid of a player that that they thinks a a great you know a really good player or else he would he wouldn't be letting you know the other team would wouldn't be letting him go so so you know the chances of you picking up a huge contributor on cutdown though are pretty slim I think
1: yeah, I'm better the devil you know maybe um cornerbacks. Yeah uh i see again i see this as kind of clear cut but then i see people well maybe it's not clear cut but i see Joyer alexander kevin king um big warning signs go off when you mention the name kevin king with the injuries there uh Tramon Williams warning signs again with age, although he's got unbelievable football intelligence and, and Gusto. Uh, Tony Brown, who's had a rip-roaring camp, um, and someone who's pointed out by the offensive guys as being someone who just shows up every single day and as a real, you know, locker room presence. Um, Josh Jackson, um, of course. And then I've got Kadar Holman, who has been sort of pointed out time and time again by the analyst as being kind of the guy who's really wowed um, you know, this, this training camp, would you subscribe to those, Pete? I have the
0: same, I have the same six, there absolutely the same, the same six. Um, You know, and I think that, you know, there's a couple of other guys, uh, KB and Ento, Chandon Sullivan, mm. who I think are close. But I think there's a, you know, I think there's a clear six, and then then those two guys are headed for the practice squad if they if they make it through waivers.
1: Yeah, like from what I saw from Sullivan, uh, he was extremely lively, and uh, especially in that Raiders game. Um, but I think Kadar Holman gets him just on consistency. Uh, Ento and Rouse really disappointed me in some games that I watched them, so I don't think he's in the conversation as such. But yeah, you're dead right. I mean Sullivan sullivan's a good player and if they can keep him around on the practice squad i think they'll be doing really well um safety um again i've uh, well josh jones isn't making it (laughs) dear jesus um (laughs) what a saga there do you want to pause and talk about that saga how do you see that playing out pete i mean this is a guy who wasn't happy uh you know jason willday was talking about it a guy who you know quite clearly kind of um, held out because he wanted a trade. The Packers stepped in and said, "No, you're not getting it." What happened here in your mind? I mean, is this a guy who who throws his toys out of the pram? The Packers want to make a stand and show him you don't get what you want, and then ended up cutting him anyway because there was talks right about you know potential trades for this guy, and then, then they decided to give up the ghost and just cut him. Is this literally like the bell doesn't dismiss you, I dismiss you, and they dismissed them when they wanted, or is this the fact that they held on to him? Maybe thinking his attitude had change, maybe thinking he'd give something, but all of this didn't happen and culminated with them, letting him go. I just don't know what this whole saga was
0: about so 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 I think that he wouldn't have been the first player to hold out either for more money or for a trade or for more playing time and then as time as time goes on you know he 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 comes back into the fold and two years later, everybody's forgotten that that conversation ever took place, mm. you know, back back in the day before free agency, it was, you know, players used to hold out for more money all the time. And, you know, they would threaten, I want, I want to trade if I don't get more money. And, you know, and there some very fine players, James Lofton, you know, Don Mikowski after his great year in 89, and you can throw all the names out. Lynn Dickey was forever holding out. Um, um you know, so, so all of that stuff always used to happen, and 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 you know, it was it was always reported as they want more money, and if not, they want to trade, and all of the, all of this stuff. So, I think that type of thing's gone on for a long time, and I think in most cases, and I, and I suspect in this case, they just expect after a period of time the player comes back into into the fold, and things just just work work their way out. I think in Josh Jones's instance. I think that what's happened in recent weeks is that, is that they've just almost reaffirmed what I think they already knew that it wasn't any better than what they'd already got. So, um, you know, if you look at Raven green, I, I, I suspect that they looked at them and said, actually there's very little to choose between them. And in that instance, I'm going, to, I'm going to move on from the guy that, that caused me a headache two or, three, two or three months ago. It gives it gives him an opportunity to go and find another team rather than being cut on cut down day. So I think that's being that's being open and honest and giving the player an opportunity. And I think it's I think it's sending a signal that says let's move on. Yeah. And I, you know, and I don't think it's any more or any or any less than any less than that. Um, I think, as I say, I think the the Packers have done the player a favour by cutting him now, rather than on on cut-down day when there's, you know, a thousand players looking for a job, rather than right now when he's very likely to get picked up by somebody else. Um, It just feels like it was going to happen, and I, 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 I'm, I'm very comfortable with it. This, the whole thing about, well, we could have got something back for him. I think people, I think people. Underestimate um, the ability to consummate trades in the NFL yeah. uh, it's really really difficult because you've got to, you've got to get a team that really wants that guy you've got to get a team that that's um, yeah. prepared to pick his current contract and you've got a team that that's prepared to give something up for him and and you've also got to get a team that's that's not prepared just to sit there and wait. And see who becomes available. So I think it's one thing. I think it's one thing if you're trading an Antonio Brown, who clearly has trade value. I think it's another thing for a guy that was, yes, he was a second-round draft pick. But he was a second-round draft pick for two years ago. Has hardly done anything of high note for the Packers. You know, one outstanding game in his rookie season against Cincinnati, but rest of, after that, it's just, he's just been a guy. Um, I think it's very difficult to get trade. You, if you can't get trade value for Mike Daniels, you know you, you're not most of the time going to get trade value for you know your fourth or fifth safety who hasn't contributed much in two years. Yeah. You know, regardless of where he was where he was drafted two years ago, those guys just don't have trade value.
1: And I mean, the minute you hold out with no, as people have reported, no leverage, and like you're saying, no real leverage, it just shows kind of a character concern as well. And I mean, that just by its nature kind of reduces your trade value, I guess, as well in the sense that someone would be willing to do it. Now, again, you know, from a human level, you can understand someone who wants more playing time and we really don't know what went on behind the scenes. Um, And like you say, I mean, all of us sort of armchair GMs sort of see this like, oh, well, they could have done this, that and the other. It's very difficult in those positions and we have to appreciate the fact that these people have been doing it for pretty much their entire lives, coming out of college, getting into scouting departments um, and working their way up. And everyone in the Packers' top brass, you would imagine, uh, probably would have done everything that they would have seen possible. And like you said, I mean, if it's a favour to Josh Jones to get him out of the building now to allow him to be picked up the same way as you know, Mike Tyson went out and we got a Ravens cornerback in, which we have to say, unfortunately, we haven't done on our uh, thing to make the squad, um, so we all know why he's there. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. So all of that being said, then, um, how do you see the safety position shape out? How many people have you got down and who are you going for?
0: So I think five. Oh, yeah. My question mark over that, again, is do they keep four and see Tremont Williams as a guy that can play cornerback and safety, which is quite, quite possible? Yeah. But, but I had five, so I'll tell you the five. Amos, Savage, Raven Green, mm. Will Redmond, Natrell Jameson.
1: Whoa, so you have Ibrahim Campbell off?
0: Right, so I've got him off because he's he's currently on the physically unable to perform list. Yeah. And if if he is able to go by week one, then I think he makes it and, and Jameson doesn't. Mm. Sorry, if he's able to go by Saturday, I guess, the cut down day, then I think I think Campbell absolutely makes it. He absolutely makes it and Jameson doesn't. Mm. If they think that He's got still got a bit of a recovery to go and can't f- pass his physical, then I think that he remains on the physically unable to perform list with a view to him coming back after Wixson.
1: Yeah, because I had four uh, Amos, Savage, Green and then I had Campbell slash Jamerson yeah. slash Redmond because yeah. I think yeah. it's very close and I really do like what I saw from Jamerson and Redmond has looked incredibly lively as well again in the pre-season so I know there's a caveat there but yeah, and I guess that that really leaves just special teams open and we love a bit of special teams drama. Now, two of them are just, there's no point in us really even going into it. Hunter, Bradley, uh, long snapper. Does he have competition? No. Uh, JK, Scott, Punter, have competition? No. Is he good? Brilliant. The thing is, is that we've seen sort of mix up like the long snapper position I mean how many times did we see this sort of cycle over um, in the last number of years between you know it's like taking back your ex I don't think they want to mess with the operation because it's going to come down to whether it's Crosby or Ficken and and I am on the edge of my seat to see who Peter Jones has gone for in this position
0: I think it's Crosby yeah Um, if I was laying money on it I would say right now it's probably 60-40 65-35 to Crosby Mm. Um, just because you, 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 if one of them hasn't, if Ficken hasn't hasn't demonstrated that he's that much better than Crosby, I don't think. I'm from what I've seen and read. I don't think there's anything in the preseason that kind of, An in camp that says he's vastly superior. Even though, you know, cutting Crosby would give you a salary cap and um, bonus, as it were. Yeah. I I think they go with the with the guy that they now and love. So I think, I think it's Crosby.
1: I do too. And do you know what? I, I got a bit of per, of a perspective change on this today because I was kind of thinking there's not much between the two, right? And people sort of say, okay, they've brought in Ficken because he's cheaper. He can do the same job. So get rid of Crosby. It was nice while you were here. See you later. But I, like, if you think about Crosby and the fact that he had that injury, I mean, was it not bringing in a kicker because Crosby physically, well, they said he was kicking on his own, but the fact that they actually couldn't bring him back into camp, was it not a case of what we saw at fullback um, when they brought in Bohannon in the sense that to, to able to operate from a training perspective, that they would bring somebody in to fill that role, to keep it going seamlessly. Now, I don't think that's all of the case with Ficken. I think he actually was brought in to give Crosby a run for his money um and i think that had ficken really wowed in camp um that this would be more of a conversation but i think uh, a couple of areas that they really need to focus on which would be you know kick and punt returning and kicking I, I think the two of them put you in such a position of power in the sense that if, you know, we're reasonable, it, we think that Crosby is is going to come back to form from the injury, not going to be affected, which he has. And is he reliable in the conditions, the unique conditions, let's call them, that you face in Lambeau? I think they're going to want um a bit of security there and to have that weapon there. And it's the same with the likes of, I, I feel that people sort of wrote Trevor Davis off uh, too quickly. And Aaron Rodgers raised that this guy was a top 10 uh kick returner i think he i think he came in at number four uh when he was healthy um a couple of years ago so i mean if you have that weapon to give you good field position there's a lot to be said for that as well because especially you know when we struggled under mccarthy and often that was the fact that you know we couldn't return a ball to save our life and you know the the field would be flipped on a punt and next thing you know we're trying to get out of our own end zone um, and it didn't go very well with the sort of lack of you know ingenuity with the plays and all of the other stuff yeah. that we've sort of rehashed time and again so it's very long-winded but i think with the likes of that i think the crosby battle cannot be just framed in here's two guys they both go for the same role who's cheaper oh he's gonna win i think with crosby i think the fact that like you say there's nothing really that sets ficken apart i think they just go with crosby here and reassess down the line what happens
0: yeah no I think I think that's exactly right I mean you know I think there's you know clearly the, there's 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 competition but you don't know how much competition yeah and, and, and I think it's one of those situations where unless unless Ficken had done something exceptional in camp or or Crosby had been exceptionally bad yeah and or picked up an injury then that then I think the conversation would be different but I think that when there's nothing exceptional one way or the other then it's then it's crosby's job
1: yeah because i mean look at the rest of the positions there's no competition for long snapper no competition for punter so if they were really if they really wanted competition at special teams would they not have brought somebody in just as a leg or yeah, a arm um, you know?
0: yeah, no i think you're right i think i think the, the, the only question that come that comes to my mind is is there a salary cap cut in this cut down to 53 mm. um not because they need the money this year, but they need it to roll over into into next year's um, and i and i don 't know i don't obviously we don 't know where their heads is, but but if their heads are we need one salary cap cut of a decent amount then then that may come down to a choice of Crosby or Lane Taylor
1: I was going to say uh, exactly that and I um, suppose i mean look it, it, what is Cros- how many years has Crosby got left in his contract? is it just is it just this year yeah, yeah. so i mean yeah. you 're looking at a position where so let's look at what Clay Matthews came out and said, what was it, today or yesterday, uh, when he was talking about the fact that, you know now again, how much it is lip service or whatever, but the story goes, anyway, by Mike Silver, is the fact that he wanted to come back to Green Bay and I wasn't even entertained. And then he went off, got the contract with the Rams, which he said was cheaper, came back to the Packers. They literally said to him, no, we're not interested, thanks. So they didn't even entertain it. And I think they're not in a position uh, like that if we're in the market for a kicker and Crosby's there, They kind of have to negotiate with him because we don't have anybody else. We don't have any history. Now, unless I mean, of course, they're scouting and they can see someone in college that they like. They can take a real risk and say, "Okay, pal, you're a kicker going forward." Crosby, see you later. But I think it's different with Crosby. I wonder, will he? You know, are they factoring in his age? Had they have conversations with him to say? If we keep you around, if you know we want to keep you around another couple of years or on a one-year deal, will you take that cut price to stay in Green Bay? I mean, do they put feeders out this early? It's hard to know.
0: Yeah, it, it it it's really hard to know. And I, you know, I, if you look at kind of the top ten players from a from a cap number, will all will make the roster, and then eleven and twelve in the Packers cap number are Taylor and Mason Crosby. Oh. <laughs> no, and, and 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 so. And so there's just a thing that says, and we don't know where their heads are around this cap stuff, you know, because there's always stuff that they can that they can do, but there may be a conversation that says we need to make one cap cut, yeah, and and if they do, it may simply come down to a, to a conversation about between Lane Taylor and, M- and Mason Crosby.
1: Yeah, and it's, isn't it amazing, though, the way you can have two uh, different units, you know, two different completely two completely different positions. You're talking about the O-line yeah. and the kicking, but yet they are linked in that way in yeah. the sense that, yeah. you know, you have to... What was it? Rob Peter to pay Paul and all this kind of thing. I mean, you know, you yeah. have, if you have to let one go, you have to let one go. It's fascinating stuff. Um, and again, I mean... How this is gonna shake out. I don't think we'll count up exactly how many players they've had in each. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you came in at the fifty-three. I think I dropped off on lineman as I was going along, so I think I've hit the fifty-three um as well. So uh yeah, Jesus. Um how do you think so if we get them all right, what's the prize? I mean, do we start doing a giveaway? Do we do like <laughs> you know, free free trip two I tell you what? Two tickets to Cardiff. Um if if we get how many do we have to get right over under for someone to get two free tickets to Cardiff? What do you say, Pete? I mean, what's the likelihood here? If we get, I've just
0: looked up as you were speaking, Steve. Yeah, I've just looked up lo- what happened last year.
1: Yeah.
0: So, seven percent of, of prognosticators got forty-nine correct.
1: Wow.
0: N- nobody, nobody got got fifty or higher. Right. Um, the highest, thirty-six percent got forty-six right, and thirty-six percent got forty-five right. So seventy-two okay. percent of people got forty-five or forty-six. Okay. Right. So that's pretty much where the bell curve, where the bell curve is. If you, if you, if we're getting above forty-six, then we're doing really well. If we, if we're getting lower than forty-five, we're below average, I would say.
1: Right. I tell you what. If we get above forty-six, we will pay for someone and their family to come to the Cardiff, meet up, right? Best seats in the house. <laughs> right <laughs>
0: there, there'll, there'll be there'll be somebody out there with 10 kids and 20 grandkids
1: <laughs> all right we, right we have to curtail it it's just immediate family right none of this Six you can't dogs. be bringing your cousins yeah <laughs> yeah right free dog food for all involved um right so if we get 46 and above honestly we'll pay for a family of five to come along um if we get 42 well then two free tickets we'll we'll do that right but feel free if you want to tweet us in the names and um, we'll pick someone's name out of a hat and i'd love to see you there in the night so yeah there we go i mean are you happy with our choices have you are you getting that pang of regret do you think you're gonna hang up and, and leave the studio and then <laughs> realize god damn it i shouldn't have said that thing
0: yeah there's probably an obvious one in there somewhere that No, i, I think i think i'm i think i'm happy with that i think that i, I guess the it's getting through the preseason game on Thursday will be the key because hopefully nobody gets injured on Thursday and nobody falls down the stairs on Friday. (laughs) And and all of these, all of these players that we've talked about are all available on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Which uh, the probability is quite high. That's something crazy, especially from the last game, whether that was the, the pitch conditions or whatever, where people are getting carted off um, with the Raiders game. But again, we're going to be talking about the you know the lower roster guys, the real bubble guys coming out um, against the Chiefs. So, yeah, enjoyable as always, Peter, uh, to have you on. It's great to have a bit of wisdom. Um, even the old doggo got on and started trying to talk sense <laughs> into this there, I think, in or around the uh, inside linebacker and quarterback. Yeah. Um, so his input is greatly the, appreciated.
0: Well, both Both the dogs tackle well, so... <laughs> <laughs> and the cat and the catch well, So
1: there you go. Well, they could make the roster. Um, so uh, what? What are their names? Who? Who should we expect to see on the Packers. dot com?
0: The dogs are the dogs are um, Callaway and Waffles.
1: Callaway Jones. That sounds like an absolutely baller safety. Uh, <laughs> Waffles, not so much. Um, but again, we did have a Clinton Dix. Uh, make the roster as well so I mean you know there, strange things have happened Callaway oh my god it's an amazing name here we have Callaway Jones with the INT uh, bringing it back to the house uh, so anyway from <laughs> so anyway lads Cardiff meetup. get your arse in gear will just email me if you want to make the thing don't want to buy the tickets yet or throw the fiver in friends and family to PayPal if you're going um, raffles on the night for a signed jersey to bring home Manchester meetup. up uh, all you guys in Manchester and Liverpool uh, want to make the trip by all means do uh, then we're going to have London meetups hopefully Glasgow Birmingham as well we're going to have a Dublin meetup of course and if you want to go over to Lambeau Field week 7 you can potentially still book it um, even though it's uh, pretty pretty slim at this stage now to get a place on the tour at this stage uh, unless we can wrangle something up for you um, but again that's uh, that's it for this week so make sure you give me a follow at CDDNFL, follow at ITHedgehog and of course make sure you follow at Callaway Jones. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh great! You're gonna to have to set up a Twitter a Twitter account now. Maybe there's a, an at Callaway Jones out there, but uh, Peter, I'd, I'd certainly get on and set up Callaway Jones, um, and of course follow the group at UK Packers, the Facebook uh, group. And again, the podcasts are going to be coming back uh, wet and wild uh, when it gets into the regular season. Uh, you know, we're going to be having our bi-weekly, which is really annoying because bi-weekly means two a week or also once every two weeks. Um, so we mean two podcasts a week and they need to change that in the Oxford English Dictionary. Um, but I guess that wraps up the podcast for a really long outro. So it's goodbye from myself and Pete. Goodbye.